Hi guys, Jamie here in the edit room uh, before I release this. Um, th just to say that this is probably the closest we've ever released um, uh, an episode to a film actually getting released. And obviously as uh, people who've listened to the show before will know, we get into spoiler territory quite distinctively. We, we spoil every single aspect of the movie. And this is a movie due to its release on Apple TV Plus that may have gone under the radar and, and many people may not have seen. So I just wanted to say up top that Without spoiling our thoughts on this movie, it is a movie we would recommend. Uh, we do think it is one that people should watch, especially fans of Tom Hanks, uh, and especially without having had the entire plot spoiled for them. So before this starts, we've already got your download. Don't really care if you listen to it right now or in six weeks' time. So uh, feel free to stop now and um, go and watch it. There are lots of different ways to get, get a free um, trial to Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, and then come back and, and have a listen to our thoughts. Or if you truly don't give a shit or have already seen it, then uh, please do carry on and listen to uh, far too much of us uh, garbling on about this movie. Uh, let's get on with the show. Welcome to our brand new show. It's not that complicated, so listen close. We'll go through IMDb. Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Jamie, would it surprise you uh, if I could tell you right now exactly what you are thinking? Uh, it absolutely would, yes. Okay. So I know you, you know, you're just born into this world, the new little half man, half robot, what are you? Do you have a soul? And you ask to yourself, do I have a purpose? Why did Al create me? And the answer is simple, Jamie. I created you to look after my dog if I ever were to die. Gus, come in. Unfortunately, your dog has not learned. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, I lied. Gus is now coming in, not necessarily by his own force of will. Uh, he may be being carried, but he is indeed here. Um, Alyssa uh, cannot hear a single thing I am saying, uh, which is lovely, but she is being a very glamorous and helpful assistant. I'm not sure how much Gus likes this. And once again, Alexander, uh, I, do, I know, I know, you know, we haven't recorded for a little while. Yeah. And I know in previous episodes, um, I have, of course, um, not not exactly loved criticizing you on your opening bit uh, immediately as soon as we start. And I am I am even more loath to do it after we haven't recorded for uh, <laughs> uh, for a couple of months. But, but Alexander, I do have to criticise that having not recorded in a couple of months, you before we started were like, I've got it, I've got a bit, I've got, I'm prepared, I'm well ahead of time. And and I don't know if you've, maybe you've forgotten, Alexander, that, that podcasting is an audio-based medium. And yet you immediately went in with a visual-based bit. <laughs> we could maybe throw in a little bit of narration there, you know, like, a, like one of those like narrative podcasts. You know, they come in, they're like... <laughs> You know, a dog walks into the room on its hind legs. This dog is impressive and very cute. It's going to be kind of scary <laughs> if it's walking through the room on its hind legs. Not a lie. I don't like that. Do you remember on um, uh, Britain's Got Talent with a dog on that year? Creepy. I dog. mean, I I do scary remember specifically dog. that dog, and then and I believe there had been a couple of dogs before that, and then afterwards there were loads of dogs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
Okay. I, I don't know why. Suddenly you've 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 triggered in me an opinion that I feel is deep set and probably unpopular, but I, I need to let it known. It never fucking looks good, right? Like, it never... Like, I get, oh, it's kind of impressive that you managed to convince your dog to do these these tricks. But it always looks like absolute horse shit. Like, Crufts, when they go through the, the fucking, uh, like, slalom courses and shit, you know what? That looks sick as all hell. <laughs> a dog just going, whoa, yeah. I look like, like a fucking toddler about to fall over. You know what? I can see toddlers do that. It doesn't look good. It looks dumb. It is bad. They are never actually dancing to the music. All dog dance acts suck horse shit. What do you say, Alexander? I agree with you, Jamie, in that dogs on skis are more impressive than dancing dogs, alright? Like, you know, (laughs) dogs doing slalom, like you said, I've never seen Crufts, so to be honest, I was surprised to learn that they were on skis. Okay. Alexander, sure, surely you've seen like the dog obstacle courses that they do on at shows like that, and they go they go in and out between the poles, and then they go up a seesaw and come down, and they go through a tunnel and they jump over. Surely, Alexander, you Is this are before or after they go to the Alps. Like I'm confused about the <laughs> order in which this happens. Apparently, Jamie, no. Alec- Alexander, I really need to know if this is a, a Piccadilly Circus thing again, where you're pretending to not so- know something because. It's- <laughs> deeply hurting me inside <laughs> i just need to know i need to know alexander that you are pretending to not know what happens at crafts i i don't know what happens at crafts okay okay they put each side on one pair of skis or alleged four little skis all going in the same <laughs> direction how does that work for a dog Hello and welcome to Blanks Bank. Uh, season question mark. Uh, the Hanks Bank version again. Uh, the show where we're chronologically reviewing Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon with, with, ah, with me as always, although perhaps for the first time in a couple of months, which is why I'm so rusty at saying this, uh, is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al. I think it would be more ergonomical to have two legs on one ski. Because that way you're just definitely going in the right direction. Um, I agree. I don't know how much control a dog would have. A dog would therefore have to keep both of its uh, sort of left and right legs in perfect parallel with each other. And I don't know how natural that would come to a dog. I think, of course, skiing in general probably doesn't come particularly <laughs> naturally to a dog. But I think them being able to control each of their limbs independently is probably quite crucial to their um, understanding of the world. It's, I mean, for example, I've just seen a dog be uh, unglamorously <laughs> hauled into this room. And he definitely didn't like not having control over all of his limbs. <laughs> um hello al it's been a couple of months for both you and well not i mean we've chatted since but for our listeners um uh how have you been what's been going on in the world uh i watched a lot of movies that's fine uh in terms of other things going on in the world uh in theory don't know when this is coming out my family is meant to be coming across for christmas of course uh yeah, yeah, this this will be coming out uh, in a in a few days, Al. So, fingers, okay. I believe so. Um, and right. so, um, I I think we will be st- uh, around about that is when your parents in will be flying. Am I in- correct? Yes, I'm flying on. Uh, ooh, if I say this with a terrorist win, they're not going to target me. I'm fine. Uh, I'm <laughs> flying this Tuesday. Uh, uh, yeah, parents- so so on 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 date of release, you will be you will be flying. 
Yes, I'm flying in the evening. My parents are flying on the Wednesday. Uh, so, terrorists, okay. uh, you're not going to win, all right? So, don't try and beat <laughs> us. That's not a challenge. Don't try to take down a target. Uh, podcast hosts, uh, Christmas dream, all right? Okay. The war on Christmas um, may have gone too far, but you need to stop here. Uh, that's very, that's very exciting for you. I'm very, I'm very happy for you. Um, uh, th- things not going as swimmingly uh, over here. Uh, Got to be honest. My um, one of my flatmates. Uh, just before he was due to fly uh, across uh, home for Christmas, Gosh. got COVID. Um, Omicron running riot through London and apparently running riot through my flat because it wasn't just one of my flatmates that got it. Later that day, my other flatmate also got it. And uh, my girlfriend, who uh, was living with us um, uh, briefly, uh, also got it. But... Uh, <laughs> Not this boy over here, baby. I may have got COVID twice before. I may have gone through nine rounds in the ring with fucking COVID. But I dodged this right hook, baby. I'm safe. Immune as all fuck, baby. That's that's what you get. This is, that's why these bitches got sick, because they didn't have COVID before. And all they had to do was get it at another extremely inconvenient time, like when you were moving. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I considered this fair. I I'm I'm obviously very sad uh, for my girlfriend who will be listening to this uh, almost mm-hmm. certainly uh, because she has fuck all else to do. Uh, so I'm very sorry to you, but uh, I, you know I, I'll take this one for the team. I, I feel happy about this one. <laughs> <laughs> those two things can be. Those two things are not related, Jamie. It's not no, that no, this is not. sweeter because everyone else has COVID. <laughs> It's that you're just happy you don't have COVID. It's not like that's you're sitting fair. there going, well, I was a very good boy and caught COVID earlier. Like, that's definitely <laughs> not what's going through your head. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, you know, that's us all caught up on our lives. It's yeah, just COVID and Christmas COVID. at this point. That's about fucking it. Um, so let's uh, dive in and talk about uh, why, why we're back in. As, as people who may, you know, maybe you didn't listen to not last week's episode, but the last episode, which was our last Anne Hathaway episode, um, we have switched to a uh, sort of um, a, a, a non-traditional release format um, where, of course, previously you will know, any any long-time listeners of the show will know that the aliens one time invaded. They wanted us to prove our worth during the United States of Space, and we wanted to do that by showing them the movies of Tom Hanks, uh, our greatest human. But unfortunately, that wasn't effective, and they sort of... Um, uh, endgamed the world uh, as it were and uh, actually I guess it's technically Infinity Ward the world because that's when the event happens uh, not in the second one Endgame um, we endgamed the world I guess yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so it, they it, they Infinity Ward the world killed half the world you know and so we had to find um, another person to galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens that was of course Anne Hathaway we finished with her uh, chronolog- chronologically reviewing her entire IMDb uh, last week uh, or last episode and I don't really... Al, you might have to help me here of what happened. <laughs> it's been a couple of months. I've so tried to put it behind me. what happened, all right? As far as... No, crap. I think... <laughs> I, I think we beat the aliens. No, I think so. Aliens? That sounds right. I think we did, but then they killed us as punishment. And it turns out that we've oh. been AI all along. Oh, yeah. it's our punishment to continue doing this so people can honour us uh, in their stead. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. That's yeah. I I forgot that we're AIs, of course. Um, uh, that sounds about right. And of course, now as AIs, um, it is programmed into our genes 
or jeans. Do, do, do AIs have genes? I don't know. Are we able to self-reflect on that? No, um, they're, they're programs, Jamie. They're, they're not physical. They're, you know, they're not real. Do AI uh, have genes like you teach? <laughs> Clearly not biology or like just like any amount of like basic under... What? Do I, AI I think... have... Where would the genes be, Jamie? In the, soft, in the software. I don't know, Al. Al, look, I, it is clearly programmed into me to not have enough self-recognition to be able to answer these questions. Um, but it is programmed into us uh, to continue reviewing any newly released um, Tom Hanks and Anne Hathaway films. And so, therefore, this week we are reviewing Finch. Uh, now, you might be thinking, what the fuck is Finch? I've, I've not heard about that. Yes, Alexander, you put your hand up. Do you have I a would like to throw out... I'm going to propose a small yes. segment, which is, what the fuck's up with Tom Hanks? All right? Well, we do okay. two things. One, we check that Tom Hanks doesn't have COVID. Ever since the last time, all right, I need to make sure Tom Hanks doesn't have COVID. Okay, right? I'm pretty sure he doesn't have COVID, but yes. There we go. First question answered. Second question, is there any update in terms of projects that Tom Hanks may be working on? And Jamie, let me tell you what, Tom Hanks okay. has apparently signed on for the next Wes Anderson film. So I'm, I'm I, excited. Yes, I had I, seen that. I'd like I had to watch a Wes Anderson movie. That'd be great. You know sh- who else should be in a Wes Anderson movie? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, get in a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> get a movie. better agent. Anne Hathaway, we've been telling you Come this on, for you years. Make a lot of money now. Make some good films. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's... it's uh, Coming up, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, Tom Hanks stuff coming up. I believe... Is it a man called Ove? Is the next no? That's what's been the one in development that's... for a while. Like if it's if it comes out or maybe. in the Garden Beasts. That no. How is that not Wes Anderson? That sounds like Wes Anderson. Is it Asteroid City? Yes, uh, Asteroid City is the is the Wes Anderson one coming up. Uh, with Jamie, that sounds um, too close to Electric City. You don't think they're trying <laughs> to expand the Electric City um, universe? Do you? <laughs> Uh, there is, of course, him playing Geppetto in in Pinocchio oh, coming up, and the cool. Elvis Presley film that he was uh, filming I'm when he got COVID. Um, so big, big year, big year coming up for, big year for, for Tom for Hanks. Thomas All right, Jeffrey guys, twenty twenty two. Tom Hanks is feeling himself. He didn't get his hot girl summer this summer, so next summer he's going to be breaking the box office with all these surefire classics. When do you think they get Tom Hanks into a Marvel movie? When do you think they say like oh. his fifty million dollars? <laughs> absolutely not just not happening really not happening what i um, what i love is every time like uh one of the like 1970s like classic directors is like yeah the marvel movies don't really watch them not really cinema and all fanboys go fucking insane about it and they're like <laughs> how dare you say this and james gunn is like i loved you martin scorsese how could you insult my movie and he's like i've not seen your movie i'm sure it's great i'm just saying I deeply believe that if anyone asked Tom Hanks about his opinions about uh, the MCU, he would get fanboy cancelled. Which is to say, uh, anyone who, uh, you know, actually is a grown-up would uh, go, yeah, that's fine, whatever. And fanboys would kill him. Uh, I... I, I think I have to agree with you. I th- I, th- I think he probably does have some uh, quite strong... But also, you know what? I'm fine with old stuffy filmmakers having negative views of, of Marvel films. Yes. I think that I think they should. I yes. think I, I don't have to agree with them, but I think they should look down on Marvel movies. I think that is perfectly within their rights, if not completely makes sense. It's, it's <laughs> in the same way that, like, you know, in the theatre world in London... Like, people who, I don't know, are putting on a show... Like, people... The person who, like, directs Wicked... You know, Wicked, great show, not necessarily high art. 
that's fine if the high if like Ivo Van Hove is like I do not like Wicked whatever nobody yeah. gives a crap that's fine they're making two very different things like so so ah. Oh, Let's say Picasso just was alive still because I can't name like a, a high painting artist. Like I can't think of one. If Picasso came back and said, wow, that NFT looks like shit. <laughs> Everyone would be like, yeah, that makes sense, Picasso. Actually, you know what? I probably chose no. the wrong one. Picasso would probably think an NFT looks sick as fuck. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and also, people who love NFTs really, really fucking love NFTs and they want you to know it. <laughs> Um, goodness gracious, Al, you've taken us uh, away uh, from from the streamlined experience that this podcast, of course, always is, uh, uh, to talk about Finch. As I was saying, you may not have fucking heard of Finch. You might be like, well, how do I miss this one? Uh, that's because it released on Apple TV in 2021. Uh, a couple of months ago, as of recording, uh, it released on November 5th, 2021 as an Apple TV Plus exclusive. Uh, we will discuss the merits of that um, later. Um to give a little for people who may not know uh, to give a quick um overview uh, of the plot is it about it's about uh tom hanks playing a man called finch um who is living in a post-apocalyptic climate change uh, disaster world uh with his dog and his mini robot and he is building a uh, another robot uh which he will name i've forgotten the name of because i watched this movie a week yeah. ago what yeah Jeff, Jeff, yes, because my yeah. name Jeff kept on playing in my head. Um, uh, making another robot called Jeff. Uh, spoiler alert, because he is dying and uh, wants a dog to look, uh, wants someone uh, to look after his dog after he dies. Now, I had a point that has been distracted by the fact that I've just said the plot, and I want to talk about the plot because fuck me. Uh, but there was something about Apple TV. Oh yes, that was it. Um, now you might be thinking, oh yeah. Tom Hanks in this movie, there's like actually, I think maybe two other actors in total, plus the person playing the robot. Um, there's basically no other people in this movie at all. That makes sense. That's a pandemic movie. Nope. This is the most fucking pandemic movie ever, and it was not made in the pandemic. This movie was made way back in 2019 and just happens to have been delayed so much during the pandemic. It was originally due to come out in October 2020. Um, obviously got, kept on getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and how many other films have uh, ended up on uh, on streaming services, in this case, Apple TV+. Plus. It seems Tom Hanks and whoever produces Tom Hanks stuff may have some sort of deal with Happy TV+, Plus because his last movie... Um, um, uh, Greyhound. Oh no, it's last to last movie. Greyhound also came out on Apple TV Plus. Um, so it seems to be his um, uh, well, preferred streaming service. Although News of the, the World thing, was Netflix. Right? One, I assume Apple TV Plus is willing to throw a lot of money at it. Yeah. Um, and also the release model for Apple TV Plus probably makes a little bit more sense if you are one big movie in that Netflix movies. Netflix releases a lot of these movies on there. And unless yeah. you're a Netflix original, they do not give you a whole lot of advertising. And you're yep. just on the platforms. People may watch it, but unless they make a big enough deal about it, you're probably not... Like, you might get a lot of views. You might not. It's kind of hard to, to gauge how that will happen. Whereas Apple TV+, Plus, they put out a lot of ads for it. Like, I did see a lot of ads uh, online. Uh, so a lot of trailers. You did the, kind of the full rounds for it. So... That sort of makes sense. Interestingly, uh, I do believe they release under they're made under two different companies. I think uh, Greyhound was Playtone, and I believe this was Amblin. 
Um, this has a load of produce. Yes, this is Amblin. Um, and it has a load of producers on it. Um, uh, including Robert Zemeckis, actually. Um, uh, but it is directed by uh, Miguel Sapochnik, um, who people will know uh, mostly from having directed some of the most famous episodes of Game of Thrones, including the Battle of the Bastards episodes. Um, he is sort of one of the two or three directors that they would get in for their big blockbuster episodes. And everyone will be like, fuck, it's a Miguel Sapochnik um, uh, episode. Uh, I don't hey, believe Jamie, he Jamie, has had... one question here. I remember, a, I remember a big battle episode towards the end of Game of Thrones. Uh, whether something about the bells? Did he direct that episode? Did, did he direct their episode with the bells? We, we don't. We won't talk about that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was his. First, he's also just a director who's done loads and loads of um, TV. Uh, in general, um, and he didn't write it. It's not his fault. Um, <laughs> uh, but this was his first foray into big movies. Um, uh, and it was uh, based off of a short story slash spec script uh, written by Craig Luck and Ivo Powell, who uh, basically had, have never written anything before. They're both people who oh, work cool. in Hollywood in like crew um, ways, but they wrote a short story based on this idea of a post-apocalyptic world with a, with a robot being built. Um uh, but this was their first uh, big writing uh, credit, which is great. Uh, nice to see, you know, up-and-comers immediately no, getting Tom Hanks in their fucking movies. Here's my honest thing. It's nice to see a spec script get made. Like, yeah, absolutely. This guy just wrote, like, most of the time, it's not a franchise. It's not based on... I assumed this was, you know, a French comic book or something. Um, which Because that's often how, like, a lot of these movies get made. You'd be like, oh, Road to Perdition. Cool, an original idea. And so I was like... Road to Perdition was actually a comic book movie. It technically is in the same <laughs> category as like the Marvel movies. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Oh shit, Tom Hanks has made a comic book movie. Fuck. Yes, he has. Very technically. Very technically. Um, do I have anything else about this? Uh, oh yeah. Um, that it, it was released to uh, relatively decent reviews. 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but the only other thing I found uh, particularly fun about this... Um, uh, oh, it was also on the blacklist. Uh, for, I think we've talked about the blacklist. It was a spec script that was on uh, the blacklist. We've talked about this before. It's the like list released every year uh, of the scripts that haven't been produced that are most liked by um, various studio execs. Um, but uh, my favorite fact about this movie is that uh, there were due to be um, a few other um, actors and actresses uh, in this movie. Um, Samira Wiley, Skeet Ulrich, uh, Laura Harrier and Alexis Rabin, um, where they had filmed and everything, uh, parts where Tom Hanks would meet other people. He doesn't end up meeting anyone else in this movie. Um, and they ended up cutting, um, and on the edit room floor, just thought we, we don't want to tell these stories. We've, we've reached the end of our story and we just don't have time to tell these extra stories. We want to, uh, get rid of it. Um, and one of those actresses was Miguel Sapochnik's wife. Oof. Man cut his own wife Oof. out of this movie, Brutal. which you know what—the absolute fucking stones on this man yeah. to cut his own wife out of this movie just to be like, sorry, 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 look, babe, I love you, but there is only room for Tom Hanks in this movie. I'm sorry, Tom Hanks is just taking up too much of this mm, movie, man. He's just chewing <laughs> all the scenery, guys. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's nothing left for you to act on. Uh, that reminds me of my favorite. Uh, someone was cut from a movie story, which is that Robert Pattinson uh, was uh, had filmed a role in, I believe, the Vanity Fair with Reese Witherspoon, and he goes on the the day to go to the premiere and he sits down and he watches the entire film. 
and he's not in the movie. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, shit. So he calls up the agent, the agent, no, his agent, uh, he calls up the casting agent. He's like, what happened? And she's like, I'm really sorry. We do really like you. I'll get you for something else. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> and that was, she, that, that same casting agent then cast him in the Harry Potter films. Which then oh, in turn wow. got him the uh, Twilight afterwards, which in turn, Jamie, led to the lighthouse. And you know what? That means it's all okay, all right? I'm glad he wasn't <laughs> in that movie, because I got the lighthouse. It's um, a ass movie. I, I should have also mentioned that the person playing uh, the robot, robot Jeff, um, is Eel. Caleb Landry-Jones, uh, who Ooh. people will know from Get Out. I believe yeah. he plays the brother, the brother in Get Out. No, it's um, ruined forever, Jamie. I, I, like, I'm sorry, I, I, this will come up in my final decisions on this movie. Oh, But unfortunately, have, like, do you ever have it where someone's voice from something is so in your head? I just uh, kept yeah. being like, this, this robot's a giant racist. You know? Ah, see, didn't didn't happen for me. Don't know. I've I've seen Get Out, but don't. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I've definitely recognised his voice. Um, I think I may well have recognised his voice more from Three Billboards, which he was also in. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, interesting. Um, I think that's everything. Um, do we do anything else before we launch in? I nah, don't think go in. we sometimes this do historical comments. Oh. As all good films should, Jamie. With the song that was on the radio when I was driven, my, my, my mother was driven to the hospital oh. when oh. I was due to be born. Oh, that that's very be... sweet. I was I was about to interrupt you and then it seemed like a either sad or serious story when you mentioned the word hospital. I was like, I guess I won't interrupt him. Um, but unfortunately, I do have to now interrupt you, Al, because uh, you are incorrect. Uh, that is not how this film begins. How does it begin? And before we immediately get into the plot, we must get into our section of the uh, podcast where we talk about how Apple TV Plus fucking sucks. Because how this movie actually begins is with an advert for another movie on Apple TV Plus. Okay. And I have to be clear, what I find so bonkers about this is, you, you know how on like on like YouTube... An ad will start playing, and it will be like a separate video. It will start mm. playing, and it'll have a skip out yes. button, whatever. Yes, no, I do. This remember. is part of the the movie. Like it is, it like if you exported this into a movie file, the first minute of that movie file would be an advert, which I find absolutely hog fucking wild. Like, firstly, most fucking streaming services where you are paying for it mm. have the common sense not to have an advert before uh, you start watching something amazon prime does that as well it's not after every single one but if you're watching multiple things in a row they will often put adverts in between fair enough well i think it's sucks in all manners because you're paying it is, for this it's one of the good things about netflix they don't um they show you the trailers but, at the end but but i honestly when i when i went to it and i could see that like scanning through the like search bar at the bottom it was part of the movie itself fucking really riled me up i don't know what it is about it but it's just a fuck you apple tv plus and on top of that i'm just going to take this opportunity to say that apple tv plus sucks in general you know what apple tv plus doesn't have on its homepage, on its web browser a fucking search function on its web browser, you cannot search for something. I had to come out of Apple TV Plus and search Finch Apple TV Plus to fucking find it. That is fucking horseshit, Alexander. Let alone the fact that the whole app is slow and sucks and I hate it and I have nothing on it. I'm very glad I didn't actually pay for this. I just got six free months with my PlayStation 5. But fuck me, fuck you, Apple TV Plus. 
Interesting. So you watched on your PlayStation. So was it on the PlayStation Five? You watched this because I was going to say I didn't uh, see it on your browser, and I was like, uh, so I watched it. I watched it on uh, on my PlayStation Five when I first watched it to try and find it today, as I normally do. I have it there, so I can yeah. scan through. Oh, that's another thing about it. On every other service, I can ha- sort of scan my mouse along the the search bar, and I recognise that this is very specific to the purposes that I need it for. But you get a little preview of what the screen looks like at that point, and that means I can search through and I can sort of scan through and see what's going on. Remind me of what what's going on in the movie. Apple TV Plus doesn't fucking have that just doesn't fucking have it um but yes i'm i'm now i'm now discovering all of this extra shit about how much it sucks uh on their browser um uh while i'm looking for it now sad times um, okay so any further thoughts before we we carry on no on Apple I think TV that makes Plus? Sense. look look again I, there is a worse service in canada called crave crave you have the best content on you and the worst worst ui Please hire better people to sort it out. Uh, the film begins with Tom Hanks. He's yep. a man. All right. This isn't one of your namby-pamby. I work at an architecture firm, Tom Hanks. No, 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 no. This Tom Hanks is in Fallout. That's right. He's <laughs> in the Fallout video games. No one is left alive. The earth has been scorched by solar rays and solar radiation. Uh, and now he has to wear a suit to go outside, and he yep. and his little robot buddy, they go around trying to find food, right? They're living in St. Louis. St. Louis? St. Louis? I think St. Louis. I don't know. I'd like uh, to I, be St. Louis. I think, I think we would say... I. Oh, that's tough. I think it's St. Louis. I think we would say St. Louis. Yeah. I think we would say St. Louis. It's not St. Louis. Um, um, but I, I don't even think it's... Because it's Meet Me in St. Louis, right? Not Meet Me in St. Louis. I don't yeah. know. I think there are some accents that would say Saint Louis, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Guys, let's know if you're the French. The French would say "Bah, bonjour, meet me in Saint Louis." Saint Louis. <laughs> um, Saint Louis. Uh, that'd be cool. That's that's cool. Um, we should do that. Right. Anyway. So yes, uh, he he is scavenging through this post-apocalyptic world with his um mini mini robot. At this point, he has a mini robot um that we will later find out is called Dewey. Uh, that robot is. Functionally just a shopping cart on wheels. Um, Whoa, it, it, it's like a lunar. It's like a lunar rover. It's got a little uh, arm. It goes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A shopping uh, cart on wheels with with an arm. Um, and um, Jamie, yeah, shopping, shopping cart on arms already uh, on wheels. That's a good point. Okay, a, a shopping cart with its own mind on wheels. <laughs> um, and uh, so he's clearly out looking for supplies. Um, he gets back, and there is a point I want to make here. Um, he gets back in and he, he showers. Um, and he's really quite skinny in this shot. Um, yeah. Understandably, uh, he, he's, he, he looks like he's, he's lost a lot of weight. Makes sense for the role. Post-apocalypse world, not a lot of resources. This is the only time we see Tom Hanks like shirtless in this entire movie. Did Tom Hanks lose like 40 pounds? Maybe not 40 pounds, like 20 pounds. Just for this one shot of his shoulders up. <laughs> like, it seems really unnecessary. I feel like he could have just not done that. I feel like he did the Marvel movie thing of like just not drinking for three days beforehand and then being like, all right, guys, look, I got abs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, he is back in his um, bunker. Uh, sort of a bunker. It seems to be owned by, uh, we le- sort of learn at this point that he uh, is a former scientist. Uh, he is wor- in the bunker that was once owned by the company he worked for. Mm. Um, and so he is using that to create um, Jeff, 
a new robot. And I sort of alluded to this. He's also, importantly, Jamie, he's also reading a book on... On uh, radiation The effects of ionising radiation. Yes. So it is at this point, Alexander, that I want to set out uh, my thesis for this movie. And I sort of, I alluded to um, what this movie is about in general. But we're about 10 minutes in. And you can vaguely at this point already get the pitch for this movie. If Even if you hadn't really uh, read much of the media. And I think some of it did sort of um, obstruct why he is uh, making uh, the robot. Um but at this point, 10 minutes in, you vaguely get a sense of the picture of this movie. And I'm going to give it to you and point out how depressing this movie is from top to bottom. So firstly, climate change apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Immediately, off the bat, genuine, real concern, real fucking bummer. Absolutely, horribly depressing world to be living in. Then, Tom Hanks, man we all love, is dying. Sad bummer. <laughs> Real not great. He owns a dog. That alone, he's dying, owns a dog. Real fucking bummer. And he is building a robot to look after his dog after he dies in this climate change post-apocalyptic wasteland. This movie tries to be quite happy and and light-hearted and like family movie at points with like levity throughout. And yet, the undercurrent is the most devastating concept for a movie that you have ever fucking heard of. And from 10 minutes in, I was just like, oh my god, I'm destroyed. Um, What are your thoughts? You want to throw out here? I think all Tom Hanks movies are secretly really depressing, alright? There's not one Tom Hanks movie that isn't just a really depressing concept. For instance, A Hologram for a King, A Man's Divorced, Bummer. <laughs> Worse, it's Tom Hanks. Who would divorce Tom Hanks? That makes no sense. Secondly, he's not good at his sales job. How could that happen? Tom Hanks is full of charisma. <laughs> this is a bummer. This world is mad. He has to go to the desert. Even bigger bummer. <laughs> the desert okay. sucks. I, I, need, I need you to recognise the scale of bummers that you're talking about. <laughs> Living saying, in the desert or the world being a desert. <laughs> but what I'm saying is most movies have bummer like setups. I, I agree I, that, that I agree that like I think part of the not problem we'll talk about it at the end but part of the problem with the film is that it doesn't know if it's a family movie or not so it's it's a very serious thing which it treats very seriously and then at times Jeff is like oopsie doodle Oopsie, I yeah. a robot <laughs> um, absolutely so yeah we're ten minutes in most depressing movie you've ever heard of uh, and all re- I'm not going to say Jamie Schindler's List is a movie I'm going to throw it out there <laughs> Expressing concepts, then uh, everyone's dead. All right. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I feel like it's. So- I feel like the way I'm gonna get cancelled is somehow someone is gonna get footage of you going Schindler's List is a movie and me bursting out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Um. Yeah. He's um. Uh. Setting up his um. Uh. His his robot Jeff. Uh, and I mean, not really much happens. We get, we get. He's downloading you know, the internet into Jeff. Yes, he's down. Yeah, giving him, feeding him encyclopedias and uh, and all stuff like that to give him as much knowledge as possible. Uh, this, or we get all these sorts of shots. Tom Hanks is chilling by himself. He's doing great for about five ten minutes while he's setting up the uh, robot, and then he sets up 
Jeff. He, he, he ha we have a little sequence of him being like, hello, can you nod your head if you understand me? And he does a little nod and then the dog gets... Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about... Sorry, we'll take a pause here. I wanted to talk about the dog very quickly because I watched a behind-the-scenes um, um, video about this. And they were talking about how they were looking through various different dogs. Uh, and they got down to like three. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the dog. Goodyear. Sebastian. No. What? What? The dog's called Goodyear. No, I mean the 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 actor dog. Um, <laughs> um, oh, Seamus! There you go. It's he's in the cast list. Um, the dog's called Seamus, and they were like, we whistled it down to three, and then we had Tom Tom come in, and he picked Seamus, and it cut it cut to Tom Hanks being like, I just looked at Seamus and. And he had the most enigmatic eyes. He was he was a mystifying dog. He had such charisma. Come on, man, he's a fucking dog. They go on for like a few minutes about his eyebrows being like really, really full of expression. But anyway, apparently they all fell in love with uh, Seamus on set. Uh, oh, congratulations, Seamus. He was a good uh, little puppy. He's a good he was little indeed dog. A good I would, as a dog, Jamie, we've got to take a second now, and that's we're just dragging our way through this plot. Um, to say that as a new dog owner, mm -hmm. I, I get the concept of this movie. <laughs> it hits oh, way oh, yeah. too hard. Oh no, one hundred percent. Don't worry. It, it 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 we all this is a common Hollywood thing. Put a dog in, people will care. And it's common because it's effective. I've never owned a dog in my life, and I'm in love with this man. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so he we get Finch, he's he's come to life, and so uh, they go through the first like little bits of trying to get him to talk and trying to teach him to walk. Mm. The walking scene is quite good fun. He's yeah. teaching him how to like go left, right, left, right. And it's all very silly, as you say. Um, we get lots of like lighthearted moments of a, a robot gaining sentience. And under while he has an encyclopedic knowledge of humanity, the actual mechanics of moving um, are very good. Uh, my girlfriend found that Jeff was um, a little bit in the uncanny valley. And I strongly disagreed. What did you think? Honestly. Yeah. I thought about this movie, which cost what? How much does it cost? Uh, I don't know. Um, um, I, can't, I can't see a budget on the, let me look up. the Wikipedia, so... Probably wasn't a cheap movie. No, but I don't think it was. For example, like, um, like, uh, it cost about. Um, let's see, Apple bought it for seventy million, so let's say it cost seventy million dollars. Sure, it cost, it cost less. Um, but it, almost everything costs less. They made, they all made a profit, or at least didn't make a loss. Um, think how much a Marvel movie costs to make, like one hundred and fifty yeah. million. And I understand that there's basically one effect here, and there's a team which yeah. has been put on to do this one effect. And I think it was utterly brilliant. I, yes, I no, genuinely I fully think agree. it's one of the best bits of CGI that I've yeah. seen in a movie because he feels, especially in that close-up, he feels so well-designed and well-textured and well, you know, all the little bits moving. And I, I just think it's great. I think Absolutely, it's really I, I fully agree. And I, I want to clarify so that uh, Ellen doesn't think I'm misrepresenting her opinion. I don't think she thought the CGI was bad. No, no, no. But she just... thought it was it was so good and human-like that it fell in the Uncanny Valley. Now, our disagreement there was, I feel like that's not what the Uncanny Valley is because this thing, while it moves like a human, 
doesn't look like a human. It looks like a robot. It's very much robot-like. Yeah. And that's like the 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 left-hand peak of the Uncanny Valley. Something that yes. has human-like characteristics but doesn't look like a human. Yeah. And then it, as you start to get more and more yeah. human-looking like, but further away from... Like, at, still far away from actually being a human, it, it feels uncanny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does, no, it I does fully help agree. that because it's humanoid, but not... The design exactly. is not human. That I, I agree that I don't think that would necessarily yeah. form it. Uh, yeah. I, I fully agree. I think the, the, the CGI... Well, I think it's a combination of CGI and practical, practical. effects and yeah. pu- puppetry, which we always know just looks better, holds yeah. up better, is great. And and yes, no, Jeff, and, Jeff and is also giving- really, really good. Also, I want to throw out, this is not to diss any visual effects artists who've worked on uh, like any of the Marvel movies. I also just think it's time. Like, I remember watching um, The Last Jedi, which I, I like as a movie. I, I know lots of people don't. but And thinking the effects looked way better on uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. And I honestly just think the reason was because The Force Awakens probably had a lot longer time to do those effects on. Like, yep, The Last Jedi was, had to come out in two years. They had two yeah, yeah. years to make that movie. So, like... Yeah, you make do as best as you can do, and there are bits you probably can do better. And like that's that's always nice to me. I remember yeah. um, listening to an interview with Christopher Nolan once. Uh, I think it was before it wasn't before Inception. Maybe it's before Dunkirk. Um, oh no, no, it's right. It's Sam Mendes talking about uh, 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 Spectre, and he was talking yeah. about how like they were working on it up until maybe like three days before it came out. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, which like uh, makes sense, and like because on those things when you have that shorter time frame, you're just like I just want to get it to look as best as it can before it can go out. Yeah, Cats! Um, <laughs> Sorry, I um, it is also worth noting at this point because it is a theme that comes through the movie. Um, Jeff's voice is very AI and robotic at this mm-hmm. point. It's hello, my name Jeff. How can I help? You and like having uh, stutters and stuff and and AI breaking through. It's thank you. That's pretty good. That's like that's pretty good. You, you should you should be a robot. Like I don't know who needs <laughs> a robot, but no, like, no, Al, you forget. I am an AI. That's, that's why true. I'm so good. Here's the thing, thing Jamie. Now. What we know is that uh, there are people who really like the idea of hiring posh butlers. You know, so you got the first bit of that down. But people also don't like the idea of owning, you know, owning people. So if you were like. I'm a robot. They would feel okay about being I'm a like, posh well, I robot a butler. I do think that is a literal plot to a South Park episode where, where Cartman pretends to be a robot butler for butters. Um, uh, so yes, we've got Jeff. He's he's slowly learning how to walk and 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 stuff like that. But there is uh, a you know climate change post-apocalyptic storm uh coming in and so they have to leave so they we're going on a road trip boys they all pack up in his camper van uh get his all this shit together um and uh off they drive um it, it is driving through a sandy post-apocalyptic uh, uh cityscape before getting out into um the 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 sandy countryside as it were um is there anything i like a lot of this movie is just conversations between tom and and i watched this movie a week ago normally i try to watch it as close as possible to when we record uh and oh you watched it even longer two or three weeks ago yeah yeah. um uh because of our poor scheduling and maybe me one time spending too long in a pub and feeling like i was too (laughs) drunk to record the podcast but you know we'll ignore that um uh he one important thing he has brought postcards along with him 
um, uh, just from various places he had visited. It is also sort of intimated that some of these might be um, postcards from his pre-apocalypse life. Um, and so they drive through the desert. We learn, we get Jeff learning more about um, uh, mm. society um, <laughs> and they reach city to, and ready to scavenge. Um well, I, no, I think Tom Hanks is get, gets a little bit sick. So Finch is, at the end of the city, Finch has shown, we've had a little episode where Finch has taught uh, uh, Jeff, who I, I think by this point hasn't actually got a name. I think he's just a robot by this point. But maybe he, calls yeah. this, he has a scene where he's like, what should I be called? And the guy's like, what do you want to be called? And he's like, Jeff. Cool. <laughs> uh, but they go learn how to scavenge and he starts teaching them the rules. Rule number one, never pass up an opportunity to get some food. Rule number two, always get dog food, really important for the dog. And then stuff yep. like that all the way through. So, um, and, and there's also like never steal anything, but sometimes a little bit of force. Uh, yeah, so um, basically like don't destroy stuff is, is yeah. the thing. Yeah, don't destroy stuff, but sometimes a little bit of force can help. It's like, it's like a, it's a, it's a very human nuanced rule that is clearly difficult for a robot to understand. His, sure. Like when he's saying that, he's breaking into like a supermarket that's been chained up. Mm. Um, so he's like, look, you don't want to steal stuff, but sometimes, you know, you can just use a little bit of force. And there's also uh, a, li- a very important one. A little bit of ingenuity can go a long way yes. um, is, is an important rule that comes so, up later. There's also a fun little bit about, yeah. I can't remember. He like point, he says something about the sky um he says like a metaphor oh, tom hanks says a he, metaphor he's about the sky how the apocalypse happened and he said there was like the he said that there's there are holes in the sky where ionizing radi- radiation has come through like a cheese grater oh no it like swiss cheese like, like swiss, swiss cheese. cheese um and and so jeff is just like sky made of cheese <laughs> i'm looking for the cheese um and so yeah that but at that point tom hanks is very upset he gets very angry he's like stop talking about cheese you fuck uh you are here for one thing only to look after that dog you have to look after that dog not talking about cheese uh i can't remember how he does that he like it's there's a bit where either he lets um Yes, sorry, he's he's waiting outside the sun or something, and he's not recognizing that like the sun is dangerous. That's it. And yes. then Tom Hanks like puts his hand out and it blisters in the sun. Um, yeah. Then there's a bit where they uh, go to, especially so they're driving through. They're trying to get to San Francisco because they reckon it'll be better in San Francisco. Yep. Um, so, they get trapped like in a storm at some point. Yeah. Um, they have they, to they, like batten down the hatches and stuff. It's Tom a cool Hanks little is, tense moment. It's good. Uh, uh, Jeff is very good at, at doing that. Um, Tom Hanks gets sick and they go through a city. I can't remember what city is meant to be. They then, but Tom Hanks is sick in the thing. So Finch, uh, so Jeff goes, I need to go get some medicine. And there's a hospital. So he stops by the hospital. Because remember rule number one, Jamie? Never pass up uh, an opportunity to... Never pass up an opportunity and a little bit of ingenuity goes a long way. Sure. So he's um, like, I am doing the right thing. And he and the little helper robot, the smaller robot, the one with Jamie described it as tautologically as a shopping cart on wheels, um, <laughs> uh, uh, go around there. They're looking for stuff, and um, Jeff finds like a big supply cupboard, and he's like, "Great, I will put them all in my jacket." Uh, we have to say that at this point, if filmmaking wise. It is deliberately very tense throughout this whole bit yeah. of um, while he's walking through sure. here, being unclear. Is there anyone else here? It is also very important to note that Jeff at this point gets a baller ass Parker coat. Oh, he finds cool. a Parker coat and he looks fly as fuck for mm. the rest of this movie. <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, so he's taking all of those Rangers. things. Um, around about this time, Tom Hanks has woken up and he's realized that Jeff is in. He's like, fuck, he's going in. Um, and just as he reaches in time, he sees Dewey, who is reaching out very slowly, very slowly, trying to grab something. And he falls into a trap and Dewey is dead. And you know what? Oh. I get it. Like, I fucking I I hate feeling like a meatbag sometimes when a movie will do something that is so obviously emotional manipulation and I'm still like oh <laughs> like oh the little robot died um I, so the I, I yeah the I want to throw it this way well, I, I, actually this is just a genuine question nobody minds when a movie tries to make you laugh but mm. everyone minds when a mo- when a movie shows that it is like when it does like if a movie does a setup. And then it, deliver, it delivers a punchline. Everyone's like, cool, that's how a joke works. But when a movie tries to make you feel sad, people, <laughs> like, sometimes it, sometimes a movie makes you feel sad and you feel 100% invested in the thing. And you no one minds at all in those situations. And then sometimes you feel a bit invested yeah. in the thing and then it does a setup to make you feel sad. And you're like, was that exploitative? But no one cares if a joke's exploitative. I'm always, I'm always surprised by that, like, how we react to... No, I, I think it's that we don't like to cry. So when we feel it's not yeah, earned, yeah, that, we're then like, yeah, that's that, that's what I was going to say. Is people like feeling happy and laughing? People don't like feeling sad. Um, uh, so but no, I, I I love being sad. All right, I'm a little <laughs> sad boy. It's great. Um, I do agree with you. I think I think it's silly when people talk about the idea of oh, it was just uh, they just did that to make me feel sad. Yeah, yeah, no, that was the point. Yeah. Yes, they that's did how, do that to make you feel sad, and you and, and you work, felt and sad. Yes, so fucking up. suck it, you little meatbag. Um, so yes, they kill the uh, shopping cart um, robot, and it's very sad. Um, but Tom Hanks then rushes up to uh, Jeff, and Jeff is like, "I found supplies. Hey, I use my ingenuity." Um, and Tom Hanks is like, "No, you didn't use your ingenuity." If you use your ingenuity, you would know there was clearly someone else fucking here. This was clearly some. There was clearly somewhere someone was living, and uh, now Dewey's dead, and we've got to fucking go. How would he um, know? He, yeah, he's like, this is a trap. Clearly, this is designed to be a trap. Um, now, to be fair, he's never mentioned traps before now, so that's not on him. No. Well, to be fair, did, I, I may be misremembering. Does he explicitly say it's a trap, or just mm. that this? Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, there are booby traps around the building. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Um, uh, so, yeah, he says it's a trap. We've got to go. They hightail it back to the van. And as they're driving away, a car starts to follow them. So that's, that, I think um, that's meant to be the trap bit. Is either you get caught in there or that. And they're going to start driving through the night. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, Jeff's, Jeff's driving. And he's just like, you've got to floor it. You've got to go. You've got to go. And he's like, but you said not to go above 50. And he's like, no, you've, you've got to go. So driving through the night. Um, Tom Hanks falls asleep. He, wake, he wakes up. Um, and I've got to be honest. You know what? <laughs> this trap man is fucking committed <laughs> because he's just been slowly following this fucking van for apparently hours and hours. Um, but it is, it, to be fair, the, the movie does well. I, I want to sort of, we, of course, it's very difficult um, when discussing movies like this to discuss the like effectiveness of cinematography and yeah. music and stuff like that. And I'll loop back to this when I talk about it in general. But this scene in general very well shot very tense um you've got the the like lights of the car in the background and at some point they eventually switch off and so tom hanks is like you you you've got to go okay we we got we got to go quicker and then he's he's looking ahead and he sees that there is an overpass there's an overpass there must be an underpass yeah so he swings off the road um and they're about to go under the underpass and um finch yes, is like 
well, Tom Hanks is like, where the fuck are you going? And Jeff is like, that says 13 feet and seven inches. This truck is as Tom Hanks piles them into uh, it. In doing so, destroys the uh, solar panels on top. That never yeah. comes up again. But they don't no, it doesn't really. It doesn't. Uh, fortunately, fortunately um, we are an hour and 16 minutes into this two-hour movie, so they are getting closer to their destination and they clearly won't need those solar panels. But um, Jeff very quickly gets out and just pushes and gets the van under the bridge just in time before the um, car uh, carries on. Um, and so they are safe from their pursuers for now. Um, it's at this Tom, point, I Tom, think they have a conversation about how people are bad. And basically what yeah. they... Uh, I, I can't remember here or later, um, or earlier, sorry, where they have a conversation about um, if there's so much radiation in the daytime, why don't you travel at night? And he basically says, look, whoever's left and is traveling at night is dangerous. I know the dangers in the day. And like, they're easier to, to handle than like people at night. So, yeah, and so we then so like get... I love I I don't know why but like as a little bit of like the world I think that's really cool I think that's like a yeah, really cool no, no. like concept. It, 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 this this is a movie that almost as a point tries to not say too much about its world uh, yeah. because it's more interested in the character yeah. of its story but the small bits of details about the world it does give are are very yeah. interesting and it it almost it. It definitely leaves you wanting more, but I think mm. if you got more, you would just have more questions. Well, so I it, think it strikes it, a very good balance. Yeah, really. I, I think this is a good example of striking a balance between show, don't tell. Because like most of exactly. the answers we get, most of the answers are given through exposition because Jeff is a little baby robot, then he doesn't know the world. So like, there's a reason why you have the exposition. But for instance, like we know that the people at night are dangerous before we get the explanation, I think. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, um, and uh, then we so, also uh, have around this point we have the explanation of how uh, Finch got Goodyear, which was because basically Finch has been given oh all these God, explanations. They, uh, can, I, lads, can, we, can we just give lads, a bit of a da- yeah? Can we give yeah, a bit yeah. of a download on Finch's backstory? Because I think we've skipped some of it. Finch. Yeah, yeah well, I, I was we just going to say Finch. you thought if you thought this movie was depressing before. <laughs> so throughout the journey, we like Finch has been telling um, Jeff these stories about himself to give like moral stories, right? So he always begins with. Uh, you know, once upon a time, he says the first one, once upon a time. And then afterwards, Jeff is like, the story begins once upon a time. Every time he's, <laughs> yeah. he's not doing a Russian accent, although the guy does sound kind of Russian. Like it's. A- yeah, the, the the robotic aspects of it do uh, slightly make it sound Eastern European Russian. I have seen people uh, say that he sounds a little bit too much like Borat. And I'm really glad that I didn't notice that because sure. I think it would have affected my enjoyment it's, of the movie. I, I do think it's just his actual <laughs> voice and then the robot stuff on top of it. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, once upon a time uh but so so uh jeff the, what we learned about jeff chronologically his story so finch chronologically in order um his dad left but i think before he was born or like when he was really really young he never met his dad uh so he kind of looked after his mum growing up and he always wanted to go and travel the world um i think on his like uh graduation he gets a postcard from his dad the postcards from san francisco and says hey you should come see me sometime uh would be great to meet up um, but he never meets his dad. Like he kind of, uh, dad dies and he never gets to travel the world. Um, he then goes to work for this uh, engineering company. I think I think he's an en- like a an engineer. Um, hence the the robotic building. Uh, he becomes a team leader. He gives a wee story about how sometimes you have to do stuff for the sake of the team. So he would tell a story of how like uh, his team didn't like him. 
and his boss came in and but you know his team hadn't been able to fix this, this problem with work and they said oh it's not fixable and he had fixed it and his, the big boss came in and was like hey finch i heard you fix the problem and he was like no i didn't fix it my team fixed it because he wanted to help the team that's all nice the apocalypse then happens whatever we skip ahead finch is scavenging for food and finch is telling the story of how basically he's a coward um, yes, and, and so th- this is specifically at this point that we've reached chronologically in the movie. After the the, the near escape, um, Finch has basically said uh, he's giving up hope. He's, he doesn't think he's going to make it. And so he starts to tell this story of how he got Goodyear. Um, yeah. They're in a shopping centre. They're looking around for food. He notices that um, uh, there is a mother and a daughter who are scavenging. They have a gun. And because they have a gun, he's like, I'm going to hide. I'm not going to... I don't want to... And and specifically, the mum says to the little girl, remember, if you see anyone, you pull that thing or something yeah. like that. Uh, and so he's like, OK, cool. I'm, I'm not going to get shot by this little girl. Yeah. So, so, he, I'm, so I'm he's hiding away. Some guy comes and attacks the two of them and kills them both. Um, is that. So I, I, I I'm unsure whether it is ambiguous at this point or my understanding was not that the guy kills them both but that um all of them die through basically he like that 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 the girl starts shooting Shooting. because she's scared and then and then they all die uh yeah, I, I think he definitely goes in to kill one of them, and then I think it kind of ends up being a uh, Mexican standard situation. So I agree, they all die. And he could have done something to help. He yep. doesn't. And uh, he dies. Uh, Finch Finch then goes to look at the little that girl. Stuff, yeah. Opens up a backpack, which is in a little Goodyear wagon. Uh, I think it's Goodyear wagon. Uh, yeah. And inside is the puppy Goodyear. Yeah, um, which is really sad. Again, devastating. Just, yeah, and this that's movie why he knows people devastating. Aren't, and that's why he says that's why I know people aren't good because I wasn't good. I didn't step in to try and help when I could have helped. Um, and I look after Goodyear yeah. too. And and I have to say that it, this is just some classic top quality Tom Hanks acting, both in yeah. his retelling of the story and the like. Angu- we get actual shots of just his anguished face as he mm. as he hides. Uh, Actually, I'll save my. I have some thoughts on this. On this, his performance in this, what I said for the end. Um, so uh, at this point, they kind of go out. They're going they're through California. It's in the daytime now, and the little speaker in the car is like UV radiation decreasing. And they see a butterfly, and it's the first living thing they've seen in a long time. Nothing is grown. Everything they've been eating yeah. is out of cans. So as far as they know, there's nothing alive left out here. The fact there's a butterfly still alive means that hey, the UV radiation out in California, not that bad. Is um, is that ever explained why? <laughs> I mean, my guess is just that, like, either the ozone layer is healing, which could be one reason, or just there are no ho- holes over over the area. I, like, there's a lot in this film where it's like, why was, like, it's interesting because there are, th- there are lots of questions you have, like, was there a government response? All that kind of stuff. And it's just implied to be long enough since then that the answer is it yeah. all failed. And, uh, yeah, and I guess... Again, so th- this is my argument for why they don't give you much more information yeah. about the world. Because the more you, the more information you get, this isn't a sci-fi movie, really. Yeah. So it's not going to go comprehensively into the the nitty gritty yeah. details. It's a character-driven movie, sure. so they they try to leave as much of that out as possible. It's, but this yeah. now enters into among my favourite scenes yeah. in the movie. 
Um, so he he steps out. He realizes he can be outside, and so Tom Hanks, oh. withered, white beard, just Fire. haggard as all hell, dresses up in a bright white suit and like white. Uh, what would you call that hat? Um, fedora. fedora, I guess uh, that Panama sort hat? of hat. Panama hat. It, it might be a it might be a Panama hat. A, a white suit and a white hat, and he goes out with Jeff, and they sit under a sun umbrella, and they just chill. They, they play ball. They chats. throw the ball for. Yes. Yeah. They. So uh, I think originally they're looking at the um, postcards. Yeah. Um, but as as um, uh, Finch is getting weaker, um, he's like, "Hey, why don't while I'm while I'm sitting here, why don't you play ball with Goodyear?" And I'm already from here on out. I'm I'm in tears for the rest of this movie. Um, and he like. Finn, Jeff is like, no, Goodyear doesn't like me. He doesn't like me. And he's like, no, no, you guys will get along. And so, God, I genuinely fucking, even just thinking about this scene, it's devastating. Um, uh, Jeff throws the ball. Goodyear goes and picks it up. And then he runs straight past Jeff and gives it to Tom Hanks in the chair. And I'm like, oh, God. And then and then he gives it to, to him again. It's like, no, no, try again. And then the same thing happens. And then he gives it to him and he, he finally, like, Goodyear goes and gets the ball and he, he has a little look at Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks like, go on, no, yeah, give, give it to him. And then so Goodyear runs back and he gives it to Jeff. And, and it's really sweet. And then Tom Hanks coughs up blood on his own fucking white suit, which is a really sad image. And so he's standing up and, he, and, and, and Jeff's like trying to help him. He's trying to drag him. And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. No, you, you stay out here. You stay out here. And so he goes back in to the fucking RV and he sits down with Goodyear and he fucking dies with Goodyear sat next to him while Jeff is sat outside just pondering that it's now him by himself and I'm genuinely in tears again thinking about this because it's this is abs- it's so Jamie, you're not a teary person. I'm not. I'm really cr- have not. Have you cried at any other of these films? I don't think I've cried at any. I, the Toy Story three. I've cried at. I've cried at Toy Story three. Yeah. Um. But I. I very rarely cry recalling no. a plot point in a movie, yeah. let alone in the movie. I'm Jamie, not. Some- you won't, you're not a dog person. <laughs> I'm not even a dog, a dog person. person movie. It's, I am. I am. This movie maybe works more for you than anybody else. Oh, it's devastating. It's devastating. I, and I, yeah. uh, I want to say that the 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 soundtrack. I'm going to come back to this, but the the music at this it's point good. is great. Um. And so yeah. And then Jeff is just remaining outside until dark. He wraps up um, uh, the dead Tom Hanks and burns him, admittedly, in his sick fucking Parker again. This scene looks great because he's got the fire going with him and his fucking dope-ass Parker <laughs> looking over it. And so he uh, grabs Goodyear. Uh, they they have a little conversation. Uh, we, at this point, oh my God, he's, he's like not sure what to do. Jeff is like, he doesn't know whether he can do it. And then he remembers, feed the dog. You must always feed the dog. And in the most ham-fisted symbolism, but it's great, he takes a dog, a a can of dog food and sticks it where his heart would be. And his heart is a can of dog food opener. It's it's a can opener. His heart is a can opener. Finch made this (laughs) robot where his heart is the thing that keeps the fucking dog alive. It's 
it's obviously really over the top symbolism, but it's, it, it really works. I like it a lot. Um, Jeff at this point is basically a full, he, his voice is basically completely unrobotic at this point. You're functionally just getting Caleb Landry Jones's um, voice. Um, he finally gets himself set up. He gives a very sad thumbs up to Goodyear in the back of the uh, car. And he drives off. Uh, we get him, we get a shot of Finch's grave. Uh, he has buried oh. him under under the Golden Gate Bridge, which is where they were always... Over, overlooking it. It's Overlooking it, yeah. Overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge. It says, Finch, loved by Goodyear and, and Jeff. A, and I was still crying. Oh, man. There's a line at the beginning of the movie where he says, you know, they're talking about the Golden Gate Bridge, and he's like, describe the Golden Gate Bridge to me. And uh, Jeff talks about how it's this tall and has this many bolts in it. And Finch goes, you know, you can describe it. You can say how many bolts are in the bridge. You can, I'm sure you can do all of that. But you can't tell me how it feels to hear the cables sing uh, in the wind. Uh, that's experience. And they get on the bridge. The bridge, and all along the... the oh, now I'm tearing up. All along the Golden Gate Bridge, and all these... <laughs> because it's a, very, it's a very pandemic movie, so maybe that's why I'm tearing up. I don't know. There are all these, like, postcards timed up, like, put up with all people leaving all these notes on there. And one saying, you know, we're fine. Find us in Calabasas or something. You know, Auntie Susie, we're fine. We find us in Calabasas. You know, Joan and Mitch. Um, and, uh, oh, man. And, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, I, I reckon I can get through this if, if you want. Jeff, Jeff, no, no, it's just Jeff puts up the postcard of the Golden Gate Bridge, but he's drawn on there. A the, picture Goodyear, of all three of them. Himself, and then uh, uh, Finch in his suit. Oh, it's really cool. Uh, in the suit as well. Yeah. Um, and and, he, and I think he, he then says to, to Goodyear, maybe some of these people made it. Uh, and And so they go back and get into the van. And that's the end. Then American Pie, Pie Planes then. I need to throw her out there, Jamie. Yeah. American Pie, I, I love that song. Like I said, the song that apparently was played when I was on the way to the, my mum was on the way to the hospital to give birth to me. Love it. Play it all the time. Not really a song. Like, it's a song about, like, I don't know, romantic love and romantic hopelessness almost. Like, it's not, it's not really a road trip movie song yeah I yeah like, it's, 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 that... it's good i just don't think it's necessarily the best music i think someone picks that because they love yeah. that song rather than it's the necessarily the best song of the movie yeah probably um i would also i, I yeah the, the music throughout this has sort of like crosses between actual song songs and then uh soundtracks and i would say throughout the song songs have been good choices at times i would say that ending one is is an odd choice i would agree um so uh do i've forgotten what we're doing hanks bank do we do anything before we just go into talking about the movie in the Hanks Banks. No, cool. Um, so, uh, for people who may have forgotten, we talk about these movies and we rate them on three different categories. Uh, we have the uh, film itself out of five, the Tom Hanks performance out of five, and then we have the Tom Hanks dick meter. How much of a dick is Tom Hanks in this movie before we decide um, whether this movie is going in the Hanks Bank? Now, Al, yeah, do you want my hot take? Sure, go for it, go for it. This is Tom Hanks's best movie since Bridge of Spies. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think, I, I, the, I think the ones that could combat it between then and... And Bridge of Spies is like 2015 at this point, but it's a long way. Oh, I think uh, the ones... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the the ones in between that could combat are The Post, Toy Story 4, and The Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. All I would assume oh, no, actually... No, be- yeah. I, I like all I would assume better, better reviewed. Um, a Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, we didn't particularly get no, on with, but I know that other people did. Uh, and I think The Post is a very good movie. 
I think this is better. And the caveat to that is I think this is the best movie since Bridge of Spies. And it is a fucking travesty that is on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you, Pandemic. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, let's talk about this movie. And then I want to talk a little bit general about Tom Hanks' career over the past two years. But I adored this movie Mm. i really it obviously clearly it very emotionally resonated with me um and we may have talked through this and in fact people may have seen posters for this movie or even trailers for this movie and thought i've seen that movie before it's a it's a cross between castaway and i am legend like it's it's it it is it is a a a post-apocalyptic movie without uh, much innovation. It's a, It's got a dog in it. You know your heartstrings are going to be pulled by the dog. One of the three is probably going to die. You don't know who it is. Within 10 minutes of the movie, you probably know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make a general point before we get into the nitty-gritty of the movie about originality in cinema. Now, firstly, I do think that this movie does have some original ideas compared to other movies of its ilk. The fact that you don't meet any other humans, I think, is an interesting mm. choice. I think most other movies would go down yeah. that track. They would eventually meet other movies, as this as other humans, as this movie clearly intended to, and then they cut it out, and I think that was a bold choice. But not all movies, not all art, has to be original. I think we have this idea, in cinema especially, that people just criticise something saying it's not very original. And honestly, who gives a shit? This isn't original. I'll I'll freely accept that. Even Mm. if I might argue it's more original than others might uh, might, uh, think, it's not particularly original. But what it is, is very well executed. Yeah, yeah. It's very well executed. Um, So I'm... I find it weird that we have this obsession with originality when it comes to artistic criticism. And I will therefore pass it over to you sure. for your thoughts. I, I will, on that, I I agree in this sense, right? Like, every now and then, there was a while where everyone was like, oh, this thing's getting rebooted, or it's getting rebooted. And in my mind, and I think you'll probably be the same, the, the talk about superhero movies or whatever at this point. And I'm like, well, in theatre, people do Shakespeare. They've been doing Shakespeare for yeah. 600 years, whatever it is now, 500 years, 600 years. Um, that doesn't mean th- it, the the answer is it's interesting to see the same material approached in different ways. Exactly, um, and, and even uh, Ro- Romeo and even in the idea of knowing what's going to happen, Romeo and Juliet, when it first was performed, tells you what's going to happen yes. in the first so, five fucking so lines. It's, it's I agree, right? Like you can, there are lots of different enjoyable experiences in a movie. Like it is, it is really great, and it is something really powerful. And I think often a five star movie it's going to be something which either approaches something in a really new way or Mm -hmm. which you know does something which you haven't seen before and you're like wow that pushes the medium forward like the the realm of experience of which i've seen in cinema that has grown because of something they did in this movie or whatever um but i i agree like there's nothing wrong like if i go to watch a concert not a concert but like a, a symphony orchestra they're gonna play handle and the question is how well can you play handle maybe um, yeah, actually, I don't know if handles a you sing or whatever. But you see my point. <laughs> my, my, my point yeah. basically is like there are two ways of being a great thing. One, you can expand it, you can add something new to it, and two, you can do it well. Um, and this very much does it well, and I, I I like it. I think that like what I I think where for me it's probably I'll say the thing is probably like a four star thing or a five star thing is that I do think like 
I'm surprised actually it hit so hard for you. And maybe I watched it the wrong time and I was just too tired. So I'd be keen to rewatch it because I did like it. I thought it was good. But um, I I think for me, it kind of, it was, it's the, it's the way in which it fell between a family movie and the yeah. bleak stuff that I think either, I think maybe if it had just been a bleak, a, you know, depressing as fuck thing that I may, maybe, maybe, maybe if it was more self-serious, I wouldn't feel as bad saying it was a, a five. I, I think in reality for me, I think there's just some of the dialogue I didn't love that much um i i get to do something that you always do to me and go i, I will politely disagree sure. because you're always you're always scared to disagree with me that it might cause some tension out so i'm going to do the i will politely disagree no, no I, I think i i think uh your criticism of the dialogue um sure. uh, could absolutely be valid oh no i'm watching in a week uh, <laughs> uh but i will disagree on the levity aspects i don't know whether i can say that this movie didn't know whether it was a, a family movie or a, or a serious movie i think that is probably correct but i think that it doesn't hugely matter in the sense that i liked the levity as a way of cutting through the tension i think yeah, yeah. i think it benefits the movie to have the silly goofy if nothing else it's a way of endearing yourself to jeff the robot with the silly goofy learning how to walk things um, and then the way that that the Tom Hanks himself will suddenly start screaming at Jeff, it really cuts through that really, really well for me. In that you're having this fun, and then you remember, oh wait, fuck, oh no, we're this is really serious actually. And I guess this kind of this this plays into this isn't a dark comedy. It's not. It's a drama with some light moments. Yeah. Um. But this plays into my love of dark comedies. The the way that you can play both of those things off each other. Um. I w- but I I can't go yeah. as far to call this a dark comedy because it's, it's not a comedy. It's a, it's it, a it's a serious movie with like light moments. What I think is very interesting is uh, yesterday there are a couple. There's a you'll know them from something else, but I, but I listened to the D and D podcast. Um, Dungeons and Daddies, which is a, a great <laughs> comedy podcast, really good. I recommend it to anyone who doesn't know. Um, of which uh, a lot of the cast members of uh, Do you remember the old Freddie W channel on YouTube? Yes. They did all the shorts with like everything blowing up and stuff. They're really good. Yeah. But they recently, over the pandemic, had shot shot a feature movie, and they were talking about how it's an apocalypse movie. And um, I, I subscribed to their Patreon, so there was a bonus episode where they were kind of talking about the process of that and how they wrote the scripts and all that kind of stuff. And they talked about how, for apocalypse movies, there tends to be one of two things. Where either it's, we're going to stop the apocalypse. So, like, hey, it happened, but can we reverse it? Can we stop it? And then the second one is apocalypse porn. Which is to say, you know, my wife has died. You know, I'm I'm going to have to kill my son. You know, we're, we're all starving. And it's, in some ways, like, pornographic in that it is somewhat you know, over extravagant like you're there to feel terrible that's what you do to yeah. what you know when you watch the road or something is you yeah. want to feel miserable <laughs> and it's interesting when movies i think strike a middle road in that kind of thing where yeah. like it so, gets criticized yeah. for not being original but I, actually i think probably it's getting more criticized for the fact that it's not apocalypse porn you know that it's not just bleakly depressing as shit um and I, I, I think I, I, my main, my main tasks with it are, I, I think the, the dialogue is, is fine, but not amazing. Um, but yeah. I, I agree with you that I, I, I think, you know, it's interesting when it strikes that middle road of, mm. it, no, they're not trying to stop the apocalypse. The apocalypse happened. And, but at the same time, you know, there is hope and there, it's funny. So. Well, yeah. So I guess it, 
what I would say is that this is the most Tom Hanks apocalypse movie you could mm. have because while the bleakness is there, the depression of him being a, a dying man and his dog's going to be left alone, he himself, and we'll, we'll clearly get into this with uh, with the Tom Hanks dick meter, but he himself is just an incredible person making an incredibly selfless act to protect and look after the dog. So whereas, like, his death in this is desperately sad, but it's sad because you care about him as a character. Yeah. It's not sad because it's, like, the quote-unquote negative outcome yes. of yeah. the scenario. It actually is the the intended outcome of the scenario so they make you care about tom hanks which is why you're so desperately sad when he dies but it's it's uh it it is mm-hmm. not a sad outcome almost yeah. and i think that's i think that's why i imagine it that's why i consider it to be more original than some some no, may can may may lay uh claims to it Especially if you've, uh, and I think it could would be very easy to see yeah. a poster for this, see the trailer well, for this, and go, "This is going to be unoriginal." I, this is going to be. I'm gonna. So like. recently this year, I played through the Last of Us series. So I'm gonna ah, talk about some spoilers well, about. I was, was wondering when Last of Us was sure, going to come up. <laughs> sure. So, so if you if you haven't played the Last of Us, the Last of Us Part Two, or the Last of Us Left Behind, then like feel free to skip ahead ten minutes. Ten um, minutes. Fucking. I don't, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to. But basically, what I was going to say was this. Hello, uh, Jamie, again from the edit room. Uh, we do actually end up talking about Last of Us for quite a long while, and I know some people, even though this game came out quite a while ago, probably might not want to be spoiled or might not want to listen to us talk about Last of Us uh, for as long as we do. So uh, if you do want to skip that, you can go to the uh, 1 hour and 23 and 15 second mark. Back to Al and his thoughts. The Last of Us 1 especially takes a lot from the road um mm-hmm. as a as a kind of storytelling thing right it's about two people going yep. on a journey one's a kid and like through a harsh reality and you know people learn to kind of lose that the last of us one kind of works because at the end like there it's it's sort of a it's, it looks like it's going to be a you know we're gonna stop the apocalypse kind of thing also it's kind of an apocalypse porn sort of story and at the end the character of Joel takes, uh, you know, a, 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 the incredibly self-interested and selfish choice that he yeah. can't let this girl, d- d- Ellie, die. That that yeah. for uh, him, that would be, uh, you know, too much pain and he can't, he wouldn't be able to do uh, himself. D- yeah, it, despite her death having beneficial consequences for, for the world at large. Yeah, that, that you know, it's uh, at this point, and I, I think also there's a thing in where he thinks that at this point there is no one worth saving. That like yeah, like the only one worth saving is Ellie, and like that's fine. Yeah, obviously, like so that's and that's an interesting story. It's definitely it walks the line between both. It ends up being like it it is kind of uh, apocalypse porn in that sense because it's hey, it's a really emotional story, all that kind of stuff. But it's it's interesting and it tells the story really well. Yes, in part and, and two, I, I, which, sorry, yep. which I which I, I, I was just uh, yeah, well, just on that decision because I think it's going to uh, affect yeah. some of the uh, discussion in part two. Um, I think what is interesting and unique about that is is the moral dilemma of what Joel has done. Yeah. And I think there are uh, many um, bad faith uh, criticizers out there who basically just very much liked what Joel did. Oh, they yeah, were like, yeah, that was yeah. a like, great oh, thing. He did. He's so of course, girl. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same way uh, that and, like, um, and that affects their, their yeah. beliefs and uh, it's, responses. It's the same to part way that, uh, like, this sounds, this sounds bad. Because this is bad. I mean, this may be bad faith criticism there to criticism. 
but like a lot of alt-right people are obsessed with stopping pedophiles and i think there is a sense of like uh if you protect like like protecting children is like the kind of core of a good person and so mm-hmm. it feels that like joel protected a child and therefore that choice is morally clear he did the right thing no yeah. question there which is why and, the second and- one then yeah, and what I just find so frustrating about that is that's the more boring and like yeah, the moral right. dilemma is the interesting interpretation. Yeah. I'm not saying I fall very hard on either way. I'm yeah. saying that it's finding the dilemma is what's yeah. interesting about no, the no, no, fucking no. choice. So, anyway, in part two, Joel. This is about responding to this. I think Joel dies. Joel, Joel gets killed. It's like whatever six years later, and Ellie goes on a revenge rampage through. <laughs> yeah. Just, murdering all of Seattle to find the person who killed killed them and eventually find out that, like, Joel killed her dad. She plays the person who killed Joel. Blah, 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 blah. It's fine. The issue is, with that story, is you get... They leave Seattle, you go back, and Ellie has lost everything. Ellie Ellie goes... Uh, no, she, Ellie's fine. She's actually recovered. And, you know, she has love in her life. She has a, a, a partner. It's all great. And someone comes back and says, I know where the person who killed your... Uh, where Joel still is, you gotta go kill her for me because I go and go kill her. And she's like, no, nah, I can't really do it. And he's like, no, you gotta go do it. You gotta go get revenge for Joel. And she's like, I gotta go get revenge for Joel. And her partner's like, don't do it. And the baby's like, don't do it. And she's like, I'm gonna <laughs> And interestingly for me, that is where the story loses itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. If partly because, one, well, there's a really long segment where you're just like, cool, I just want to finish the story, but now it's like, i got to go play through a bunch of, like, killing people. Yeah, I, I, th- yeah, I think gameplay-wise, that that it, the motivations for why you're doing it, especially when you're just suddenly fighting against a random new group of enemies, yeah. um, so it does lose it, a little bit. It also stuff. felt like they were like, oh, we need to give you... So we're going to give you all the high-powered weapons in the game, and, like, you need a... It, 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 the gameplay-wise, it doesn't really justify itself. Um, yeah. Though the, 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 at the end, it does. Ellie then goes, neither of them kill each other. And in theory, that's it's meant, you know, it's a game about revenge. Yep. And all that's, like, interesting. I think part two understands less about people than part one. That, like, yeah. I you know, it understands stuff about trauma and it understands stuff, all that kind of stuff. But part one is, like, you kill a lot of zombies and then you kill people normally, like, in some kind of relation in self-defense, right? Like, the, the the idea is that Joel previously, at some point, had just been, um, had been the guys you were killing. Had been, you know, these, these trappers terrible. He had done that. But because he has this kid, you have a purpose. And in part two, you rampage through the entire... You, you murder a lot of people in yep. revenge. So out of a bad idea. Yep. And it the kind of theme behind it, there are lots of different themes behind it, sort of, like, revenge is bad, murder is bad... You know, evil begets evil. There's a cycle of yeah. violence. The cycle of let is never ending until it does. Until forgiveness, and then the, the cycle temporarily ends, um, and it, it can only end with forgiveness. Okay, cool, great thing. Well, uh, interesting theme again. I, I think it's it, it, the issue is that like it is at times, especially towards the end, so bereft of humanity. Yep. That it begins to feel dour. Finch, this is where I was going to come into. I was going to say. Sorry, I was yeah, going to no, say. I, I is this going to be relevant? Too, but in order to process this, <laughs> Finch understands that like human beings are not just one emotion, and even in your rage or your trauma or all of that, people have a range of emotion. So Finch gets angry, and he gets angry at Jeff. Finch is happy. Finch is sad. Finch. Is, we have all those things in there, and I think. What I find interesting about it is because it's not that I find it interesting that because it tells a story which I would argue is more multifaceted, 
in what it's attempting to tell, people yeah. go, oh, it's not original. And I think that's unfair. Um, where I, you know, because it's not telling this dark story about the end of the world and apocalypse and everyone making murdery choices, that everyone goes, oh, it's, it's not really that original. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I fully agree, and uh, I think there we should uh, come to a, to sort of. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, some I haven't talked our... about anyone about it for the entire year, so I guess that's why I, I just took a ten minute I know, I know, and, and we're an hour and twenty minutes in. Let's, We've got another podcast so to record after it, this. Uh, out of five, of course, we raised it as Jamie said earlier. Uh, three criteria: film out of five, Tom Hanks performance out of five, and Tom Hanks dick meter out of five. Film out of five for me, it's a four. I really liked it. You should watch it. Um, <laughs> despite us spoiling the entire thing, um, and, and despite um, me spoiling the entirety of the last of us, the last one's part two. Yep. Um, I, I have made a note in the edit room. I, I might just go and go, hi guys, I know this is quite a touchy subject for people who really like this movie. Um, if you, uh, this movie, this game, uh, if you don't want spoilers for The Last of Us, skip to this point. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so I have noticed that I gave Toy Story 4 a 5, which is unfortunate for me because I have said yeah. that this is the best movie since Bridge of Spies, but I don't think this is a 5. I think I gave Toy Story a 5 um, on a technical pretty, marvel. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what bumped it up to a five for me is that technically it was just a phenomenally yeah, looking yeah. movie. Um, and I'm, this technically is also a very well-made movie. I think my, Miguel Sapochnik is a very good director, um, despite uh, one of the episodes being potentially maligned. Um, that wasn't his fault, it was the writer's fault. Um, and I also, I sort of mentioned it a couple of times. I do want to reiterate, I think the soundtrack in this movie is really fucking good. I think the music is really thematic, really evocative just hits all the right tones exactly when you want them uh, and pulls on your heartstrings when it needs to and builds tension when it needs to. Um, uh, I think I think the soundtrack's really fucking good. It's a really technically well-made movie. Um, and so can I tell you why it's not getting a five? Not really. I think there are aspects of uh, the dialogue not being absolutely perfect that I think I would agree with you with. Um, and I think there are just a couple of elements of the world building that while i found them very interesting did still while i i agree with their choice to make it light on the things there there are still just a couple questions i i'm i'm still yeah i really liked the car chase and during the car chase i really wanted to see whoever it was and understand their motivation but after the car chase i think i didn't so i'm i'm there there are parts of it where i'm unsure whether there wasn't potentially more to be mined here now of course that's a very good thing it shows i was very interested in uh, in the world but it's gonna end up with a 4.5 um and i do want to reiterate, as was very clear in my um uh, recollection of this movie it hit me like a truck uh and movies don't normally do that and so i i i think this is a a really really very good movie that i think people should watch i agree it'd be like um, a person to cry out over christmas you know yeah stick it on and, and, and many people are many people and also, are, and especially I this christmas it enough, no one in your family should object to finch all right it's got tom hanks it's got a dog it's yeah. got a robot those are the yeah. three quadrants you need to hit easy for selling a family points. movie. easy selling points um, Tom Hanks's performance. Uh, I think Tom Hanks is phenomenal in this. Yeah. I think he's so, so good. And this is when I would like to talk about Tom Hanks's career over the past two years, because obviously we've all been hit by the pandemic. Pandemic has sucked for everyone. Pandemic has hit all the industries, blah, 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 blah. We're a Tom Hanks podcast. Our discussion of how it has directly affected Tom Hanks uh, does not mitigate anyone else's experiences. However, I think Tom Hanks's career has taken quite a harsh hit 
from none of his last three movies being released in cinemas. Now, Greyhound, I didn't particularly like it, but it is a movie that is designed to yeah, be in a cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For people who don't sense. remember it, yeah, it was, it was his last war movie that he did with Stephen Graham that was all about naval warfare. Absolutely designed to be in a movie, if peop- in a movie theatre. If people saw it in movie theatres, they'd be like, wow, that was a great event cinema. News of the World, uh, I thought was a, a pretty decent movie, but a movie that has a very good Tom Hanks performance that, while being on Netflix, probably still get, did get quite a few eyes on it. Um, I think if it was in cinemas, probably would have, again, been like, oh, going out, seeing a good Tom Hanks performance. And then this, which I think if released in cinemas, everyone would be talking about brilliant Tom Hanks performance. Back to the cinema to see Tom Hanks at his absolute best. Look how good Tom Hanks is, reminding us of his uber talent. Could even maybe, probably wouldn't, but could maybe be, you know, outside stretch for for an Oscar nom. And so I, I... I think it's really unfortunate that this movie is locked away on Apple TV Plus because as have and, and locked away on streaming as most of uh, Tom Hanks movies have last but two years have been because I think they would be bolstering and beneficial to his general career. I Look, here's the thing. Tom Hanks is at a point now where like, I don't think anything can bolster Tom Hanks. Like that's the, well, another Oscar could. Well, and no, I no, want no. him. I desperately want Tom him to Hanks get another Oscar. Tom has been hungry for an Oscar since at least Sully, if not earlier than that. Yeah. Um. He like. And no, in fact, Sully, this. Captain I Phillips, think this Captain is. Phillips is like it was around about when Tom Hanks clearly went. I want to win another Oscar. And yeah. He's and been and I think this is since then to try and win that Oscar, and they haven't given it to him. And you know what, Hollywood, give the man his fucking Oscar. Yeah. And think I think this movie like, is clearly him thinking that he's like, it's just going to be me by myself. No one else could even think that anyone is better than me. Yes, <laughs> Look how fucking great. It's just my performance. It, like, like again, in the, in the time, like he's done, Captain Phillips, Saving Mr. Banks, both of which were Oscar baits. Like Oscar baits, the wrong way of phrasing it, but like, yeah, sure, Bridge of Spies, cool, could have been nominated for that. Not Hologram for the King, Sally Miracle on the Hudson, could have done. Uh, not the circle, the post, the post. maybe, yeah. Uh, Beautiful Day, Toy Story 4 did win an Oscar. But uh, Be- Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I think he Definitely. did Big get campaign. nomination. I think yeah, he, he got, did. Did he so not he get nominated, nominated for in the end? Phillips too, so, but I think he may have got nominated for Bridge of Spies. I can't remember. Um, yeah. Because um, Bridge of Spies yeah. won an Oscar, but not for him. Um, uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. He has been he has been gunning for an Oscar, and I think this is another one. And I think I think he desperately I think there's about he's won two obviously back to back. I think there's maybe five there's obviously um uh Catherine Hepburn, I think, with four. Um and won. then and then there's like three or four actors with three. Yeah. And I just think he deserves to be in that uh, in that echelon of actors. Tom Hanks is I, I mean this hundred percent genuinely. And the, the, the way you can ruin it, Tom Hanks, please don't ruin this for me. We know you sheltered at that small child. Okay, we know you didn't like the original kid cast in um, Sleeps in Seattle, <laughs> all right? You pushed the kid too far. So clearly he can be a dick. But, I, I like, when Tom Hanks dies, the entirety of America will mourn. If he doesn't get, like, honestly, and this sounds really dumb, I assume, one, I assume this is going to be one of those big ones where, like, big funerals where it's televised and all that kind of stuff. I think they should intern him in state. They should put him in, like, the U.S. Capitol <laughs> building. People should be able to go around. Like, at the death of Stalin, people should be able to march to Washington and walk around Tom Hanks's 
body, and um, we need to have all five of those Oscars. You can still win another three Tom Hanks, all right? Just getting three Oscars. Um, I, yeah, weirdly, I also discussed Tom Hanks' death after this with my girlfriend. I was just like, me and Al have really fucked ourselves. We've just set ourselves up with, for no reason, a man whose death will destroy us. Yeah. <laughs> We've just artificially created a man who, when he dies, and you know what? We're probably still 20, 30 years from that happening, but you oh, know, 50. people die all the time. But I, I did start to think like it, he is getting to an age where the acting performances definitely will become fewer and farther between actors. Once they reach their sixties and seventies and eighties, are they still able to, I mean, I mean Anthony Hopkins is still popping them out. coming out next year, mate. Like, I know he, he had, he had three, sorry, this year he was in, oh shit. We didn't watch him in big city greens. Oh fuck! Maybe we need to. Watch. Oh, no, we're fine. What the fuck's that? Well, that's a TV series where he's playing kids. where he's playing himself as a voice. Yeah, so I don't know how much. Oh, it's a fucking kids show. Maybe maybe we'll watch we'll, that some point when we feel. Um, but look, this really he has like five credits down for twenty twenty. That's pretty impressive. He only had yeah, two. Five. I agree. He only had two in twenty twenty one. Well, um, no one was making movies. That's why. Yeah, well, exactly. This, this well, movie was, was just a, delayed the, over the, and over the, again. That kind of backlog hit. And then 2022, it's people pushing movies forward to 2022. Yeah. So, look, all this is to say is that... Uh, uh, Tom Hanks is fucking great. In terms of performance. What I was going to say is yeah. this. Actually, it is... I What I love about Tom Hanks' later performances, Jesus Christ, we've been talking about this too much, um, is that he is clearly pushing himself as an actor, not just to do yeah. the Tom Hanks thing. Because in the 90s and early 2000s, Tom Hanks' performances, as great as they are, are often quite similar in terms of range. He plays the everyman, yeah. you get an everyman kind of role, and like often, especially we, especially his kind of like rom-com era and comedy stuff, you get a sort of archetypal Tom Hanks performance, and then it applies in yeah. different scenarios. With A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, with this, um, with you know Sully, he's clearly like pushing himself as an actor in yeah. his old age. And you know what? Good on me, you mate. Good on you. Five stars yeah. for this performance. Um, and then in his next movie, he's going to be protecting the kid. Actually, I, I was about to. He's going to be protecting. I haven't seen Geppetto. I, I don't think I know what happens in Pinocchio. Yeah. I feel like Geppetto does not protect the kid. I feel like in it's, my mind he actually, he. I don't know. I, is Geppetto the evil guy in that? No, Geppetto's not. You, Jamie, you think the word pedo? Like, like Geppetto's not a pedophile. No, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm just. I know he's the guy who makes the puppet, but no, he's a good guy. I don't. Okay, he's, he's a good he's, guy. He's, okay. he's the dad. He's fine. Um, okay, he, wa- cool. he wants to protect him too much, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that's uh, what maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, anyway, the Tom Hanks creep. dick meter. How much oh, of a dick fine. is Tom Hanks in this character? Uh, you think he's the a uh, massive dick? He creates a robot slave to look after his dog. Dick point number one. What he the fuck? His, he then shouts the slave for going out in the sun. All right, that's pretty shitty, Tom Hanks. P- p- uh, thing number two. Three, he didn't tell him traps existed. That's not his fault that he went into a trap when he didn't tell him traps existed and he explicitly told him he had to go look for opportunities. That's his own fault. I'm sorry. He's great in this movie, but Tom Hanks is also a monster in this film. Minus fucking five. He is an absolute hero. He makes a robot to look after his dog after he dies. He's the best humans ever existed. How dare you slander my man, Finch. Um, And uh, will you be putting this in your... Blank spank, Hank spank, whatever. Uh, yes, I will actually. I, I liked it a lot, and I really want people to watch it. So I, I, I will in fact be putting it in my blank spank. Yeah. Um. Do you do you think 
genuine question. Do you think I should put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode saying this is a movie most people probably haven't watched? It is a movie we are going to recommend to watch and you should go and watch it before we spoil the entire thing. Yeah. Do you think I should put that disclaimer yeah. at the beginning of this episode? I would also like okay. to say that with Apple TV Plus, there are a shit ton of ways to get free Apple TV Plus for a, oh, yeah, a trial. If, you've, if, a trial. You've, yeah. like, if you have an Apple product, they give you six yep. months of it for free. Yeah, um, uh, if you uh, are a rich gamer, gamer boy like me and you own a PS5, uh, you can get six months for free on your PS5. Um, yeah. Do you uh, and if you're a good. fucking then broke watch, then bitch, watch, then borrow someone else's. <laughs> then watch Ted Lasso, watch all the other goods. Here's my thing. Apple TV Plus has pretty good content. Mythic Quest, really fun time. People like Ted Lasso. They like the second season less, but whatever. Uh, you know, it, it's got some good movies on there. If only, it reminds me a lot of early Netflix, which is to say back when Netflix just made goods. Oh, like 90%, not 90%. 60% of what Netflix made was good, rather than now, where 10% of what Netflix made is good, and then the rest is just content. I got really sad. I saw something that was uh, Will Ferrell and Paul uh, Paul Rudd TV show called The Shrink Next Door, and I thought, that looks exciting. 58% on Rantomize. Fuck that shit. Um, anyway, uh, yes, uh, so you will have already heard the disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that you should have watched it, and I hope you did go and watch it before. Oh, can I recommend something um, else, then, if we've already recommended it at the top? Uh, go watch West Side Story, okay? Sure, the leading man is a creep. That is not. We're not saying. We're not saying that the leading man is not a creep. All right. But other than that, it's the best movie I've seen this year, okay? And it's doing terribly, and it's really, really good. Now, admittedly, it doesn't help the fact that, for example, Jamie, you shouldn't go see it because there are a bunch of fucking cases in London, okay? I get that. It's dangerous for you to go to the movie theater right now. No, no, Al. Place... Al, what are you talking about? I'm fucking Teflon, baby. Co- I, I, I was fucking gone. tonguing some girl with COVID, and I still got theater, just fucking... Lateral flow test at the door. No vaccine passport for Jamie. It's just a lateral flow and walk straight in. Um... Um, <laughs> I just spit in one, and it goes... Ping! Not COVID. <laughs> um, right. Uh, we have been talking far too long about this movie and we are about to fucking record another one. we haven't done a podcast because... in months? Yeah. Well, dear listeners, you're going to be hearing us. You haven't heard us for months and you're going to be hearing us again next week. Uh, we'll be joining your ear holes uh, in the festive season because, of course, you might know that uh, it is Christmas time and therefore we must review... Uh, the most important uh, Christmas movie of all time, 2004's Polar Express, starring Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks. Uh, so join us next week uh, for that, uh, coming out on like the 28th or something Christmas like that. Day. Um, it's not coming out on Christmas Day. Uh, our downloads will be terrible, or, e- or even worse than they normally are. Um, but uh, yeah, this has been delightful to be back in front of a microphone uh, with you, Alexander. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about uh, Tom Hanks or the podcast or me uh, before uh, we, we sign off and go and talk about the Christmas movie? Oh, I love Jamie. He's great. Tom Hanks, clearly good. We've done God, how many episodes of a podcast about him? I like him. I wish you all a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and a Happy Hanukkah, and any other holiday you celebrate. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I only wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> so from me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al, that's one more app in the bank. The war on Christmas ends here. Blank's bank.